Hi, my name is Leslie Koff, and this is the podcast, Breathing Out Stars. I want to tell you a story. Back in March 2020, yes, this is 2020, and we're in the middle of some interesting times. I was listening to somebody speak and then I heard somebody else talking and you know how sometimes you'll hear a couple people talking and they'll mention a book and you'll think, wait, now I've heard that a couple different places, so maybe I maybe I need to consider reading that book. So a couple different people that I heard had mentioned Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. When I heard this for like the fourth time in a week, I thought, okay, obviously I need to read this book. So I got the book and this was at a time that I was really just really being conscious of getting up and putting on clothes every day and sitting at the table for meals and trying to make some sort of schedule for myself. But by four o'clock every afternoon, I was, I was in my pajamas because that was all I could, all I could do really. So I thought, okay, this book, this is interesting. So I started reading the book and Viktor Frankl was a psychoanalyst who was alive during the time of World War II. And he was in his early twenties and he and his young wife were taken to Auschwitz and they were prisoners there. And he saw her when they got off the train and after their hands parted, when they were taken to different parts of the camp, he never saw her again. But he thought about her the whole time. And when he was there, being the student of human behavior that he was, even in his early 20s, he made observations on the way prisoners behaved and guards behaved and kind of made some interesting observations on people's hopes and dreams and what they expressed and how they behaved and how they comported themselves in the camps and what that meant for their long-term survival of such a difficult experience. So I thought this was just very interesting. Uh, Dr. Frankel tells one little story because he, he tells a lot of vignettes and in his own language. He tells a story of a man who would come back to the bunker every night, the prisoner's bunker, every night after a hard days of work when he would have only a small piece of bread and he would walk in and he would say to each person he would pass, would you like a little bit of my bread? How was your day? And I was reading about this man in the bunker with who offered his small bit of bread that was all the bread he had after a hard day's work to other people and spent his time in the camps just checking on other people and seeing how they were. And I don't know why, but I thought to myself at that time, that's my thing. That's how I want to get through this pandemic, this difficult time, this time of uncertainty, this world upside down. I want to see what I can do to help other people get through it. I was clearly not having a super easy time myself. I don't know one person that is. Uh, there's a lot of super fun memes out there about how one day I'm making banana bread and sourdough and the next day I have 
I'm having gin for breakfast. And that, that describes a lot of people's experiences. So I decided that I wanted to try to help. And I, I, I went to my, um, my local faith organization and I said that I wanted to teach a class using within that framework to try to help people get through it. And I did that for a number of weeks and it's been very interesting, but also I decided that maybe it might be a good idea to share it a little wider because it seems to be helping people and my goodness, it is helping me. So let's try this. Let's see how it goes. So why, why did this podcast get titled Breathing Out Stars? Well, uh, because of a piece that I wrote a long time ago that applies that I'm going to share with you today. And the piece talks about when we breathe in the divine and when we exhale, we breathe out stars. So this is one way that we can maybe try to get through, but it's, it, I think it's a piece that'll help. And so I'm going to share the story. All right. So, so here we go. The first time I saw Cirque du Soleil was in Los Angeles, 1987, when the first notes of the clarinet began and the lights came up. The performers were wearing masks of lovely ancient people with innocent faces, reddened noses, jowls, double chins, and glasses. They had exaggerated bellies and bottoms and waddled about doing what ordinary people do riding their broken, shaky bicycles, struggling under sacks of potatoes, collecting milk and bread and breath. They were modest, sad, hardworking, and beautiful. Awkward, ugly, shattered by life, and yet still walking forward, I was so moved by their broken beauty that I began to cry. Suddenly a fog, a cloud came over the stage, and the lovely ugly, modest people became sparkling, colorful, magical beings, each with unbelievable color and talent like I had never seen, which they continued to share with us, the audience, for the next two hours. Every moment spectacular. For me, attending this event was life-changing. I thought to myself for the first time in my life, here are people who think like me. Then fog once again rolled onto the stage, and just as suddenly the sparkling, magical performers became once again the broken, the vulnerable, and the unremarkable. I was stunned. Surely this meant that they are us. Inside each of us, in our awkward, unremarkable, mundane selves, there is surprising magic. Makes you think, right? I am not talking here of a mild-mannered newspaper reporter popping into a phone booth, nor of a guy in a bow tie stepping out of a blue police box. You know they're bigger on the inside, right? I mean that each inside each of us, in our own awkward awkwardness and ugliness, our ridiculous, fearful, unforgivable selves, we have splendid magic inside, beautiful wonderfulness, and, and probably all from the divine, all from God. So, in the last chapter of Genesis, in the Bible, in the Torah, we see Moses at the end of his life. He's basically in 
quarantine. He begins this chapter by admonishing the Israelites over three major incidents in which they did not exactly behave up to their potential. He recalls the time he sent out spies to look at the land of Canaan, their fears of taking new lands, their lack of courage in conflict, all areas within which the Israelites fell short, their lack of trust, courage, and belief. I could guess that Moses was probably feeling his own shame and awkwardness over not being able to enter the land of Canaan or leave his cave because of quarantine, and also probably because of the striking of the rock at the place called Meribah. He too was vulnerable, like all of us. Moses was a boy in a basket floating in the Nile, waiting to be scooped up by a princess, brought to life and then a mistake. He was anger, impulsivity, exiled from his home, a broken young man with tattered sandals trudging through sand, looking down, ashamed. Then he looks up and sees a bush, a flame. Suddenly his soul is aflame, his eyes are shining. It is as though he jumped into a phone booth or stepped into a TARDIS and was transformed. Moses breathed in God and breathed out stars. The nation of Israel followed those shining eyes out of Egypt. God provided a pillar of fire to keep their souls aflame at night and when times were dark, and a fog to protect their modest, vulnerable awkwardness as they transformed into their magical selves to keep them under cover from a world which would just not understand. Now for Moses, after a lifetime of helping to breathe life into the living being that had become the Jewish people, his magic is fading from humble beginnings to a humble end. He can never quite reach the land of Canaan. He is left to peer over the mountain, left alone with his humanity. But I believe it is possible that by bringing attention to their imperfect humanness, when he was in his own shame not able to cross the finish line, so to speak, Moses was delivering the message that we, are, that we all share, that we are imperfect, awkward, we are all afraid. We are the ugly, modest people carrying bread, baking sourdough in our own kitchens, with our Coke bottle glasses, our jowls, the scars on our bodies and our hearts of too much hard work, too much disappointment, and probably too much cable news. Aren't we all floating among the rushes in one way or another in baskets, hoping to be scooped up? By underscoring their failings, our failings, his failing, Moses is saying, I am one of you. His is an ordinary face with sparkling eyes, and now is his life ends a bit more ordinary. The fog is returning to the stage, and he is once again a man with a bulbous red nose and a big belly pedaling a shaky, broken bicycle. We, all of us, are the misshapen people. While we live over time, like the Jews who wandered in the heat and sand for two generations in cloud and fire, we become unmasked. Our personalities become unmasked. We each, in the course of our ordinary lives, grow a seed of the unknowable and ineffable. 
We are not, each of us, necessarily aware of our own magic. If we are not, perhaps we need to trust a bit more that it is there and we need to remember that it is present in others. Whether or not we let anyone see it, it is the miracle, the one plus one equals threeness, the bubbling up of it all. To my knowledge, there has not yet been another Moses. I don't personally know anyone who wears a red cape or who can travel through all of space and time, but each one of us has a shimmering soul. And when we are aware of our own magic, our own connection to the divine, then every bush, every bush is burning. We are those beautiful, sad, aging and ugly people. We move through life, our eyes downcast, drowning in disappointment. The fog rolls in. We breathe in divine light. The years fall away. We are sparkling and glowing and magical. And when we exhale, we breathe out stars. So this is the reason that the podcast is called Breathing Out Stars, that hopefully during this difficult time, very difficult time, that we can connect with each other, if only through the wonders of technology, but also through our hearts. In many ways, like in the piece I just read, we are in the wilderness. We are absolutely in the wilderness. We do not know what is happening next. We do not recognize the mountains around us. We don't recognize the trees, the brush, the sand. Nothing looks right. The only thing that we're sure of, really, is that the sun rises and the sun sets. Hopefully, each of these little episodes, each of these little vignettes of breathing out stars will help you recognize a little bit more of the land to help you through the wilderness. I'm Leslie Koff. Thank you so much for joining us.